As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, hello. You're listening to Informed Consent, the only podcast on the internet that speaks directly to those mental health professionals that are in the trenches. Whether you are a social worker, a counselor, or a clinician with another mental health degree, this show is for you. I'm Gabriel, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Heather. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Sorry, lost my train of thought. That's Didn't all right. even remember my name. <laughs> yes. Welcome back um, for more test prep. Yes. Today we are going to talk... Um, about our second volume in the AATBS um, study packet that I bought for our NCMHCE exam <laughs> that I had to read. Um, and so, yeah, so volume two, a whole book on counseling Chapter and psychotherapy. Two. Yeah, right. <laughs> on counseling and psychotherapy. Um, actually, one of the things that I forgot to mention in our last episode about volume one is that the first 20 pages are all about how to set up a good study routine, which is ah, super helpful. which is really important yes. when studying for the exam. And so it actually broke it up into 12 weeks. Week one, you need to do this. Week two, you need to do this. All the way up to week 12, you need to do this. And this is what you need to do for self-care before you take the exam. Uh-huh. Totally forgot to mention that. Sorry, I just thought of it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, yeah, I'm thinking about when I took it, I, I figured out like what I was going to do each weekend yeah um to to prep where i would do it mm-hmm. um because i had a toddler uh-huh. <laughs> you know where am i going to do this and and how so that I can focus um what will need to be done and i had it all scheduled because uh, i'd already scheduled my exam in mm. order to make myself do this and then what would like i made sure my favorite things were there that yeah. morning yeah yeah yep. Um, so that, that that was really helpful, uh, and it helped me uh, as, as being someone that needs that structure and that mm-hmm. routine. It helped, yeah. it helped set that it up really went ahead well. and laid it out for you. Yeah. Um, so anyways, volume two, counseling and psychotherapy. So this is super broad. Um, it's not as simple as talking about theories um, and techniques. It spans everything from um, rapport building, goal setting, and contracting within the, within the informed consent, the therapeutic relationship... Um, the way informed consent or, or, or referrals works, but also um, releases for other yes. for, for collaborating. Why you would collaborate? Mm-hmm. Why you wouldn't collaborate? Why you would refer? Why you wouldn't? Of course, theories, models in psychotherapy, um, and then also um, specific interventions for um, specific issues that may come up. The last section is has been the biggest learning curve for me. It's dealing with diverse populations, meaning elderly, 
okay families mm-hmm. or maybe um a, di- a di- dynamic excuse me maybe a dynamic of uh, an elderly mom and a younger daughter okay um that would be considered a diverse population not so much the multiculturalism stuff um but more just i only saw kids for like five years yes and so working with someone of a different in a different population a different yeah. clinical population yeah. right has been has been interesting um and so Again, emergency services has, has largely helped kind of remembering back to working with Because you did do that for yeah, a minute. Yeah. yeah. I actually told someone after I read all these books, they were like, how's studying going? And they were looking for another job. And I said, go do emergency services. And, and that's going to largely set you up to be very successful. I said, go do that for nine months while you're studying for the exam, while you finish your residency. And you'll be so You'll be golden. so ready to take yeah, this. You'll, yeah. It'll be very, very easy. Um, I wish the option to take it at a graduate school was there, and I would have taken it towards my end of my the time that I was with emergency services. Well, just talk, thinking about study skills, you wouldn't have needed already, any right. any help in getting yourself right. ready for study skills. Right. Then. Yeah. Right. That would have already been there. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not sure what we can. I know what we can. What we can talk about. I'm, I'm curious to know what your questions are as far as. Um, as far as like theories or anything like that, nothing really stands out. It's just. So did it? Did this um, program go through like a broad range of theories or? Kind of like the core, like five or six. I think we go. We we hit on. Um, so it really dials it down to what you need to know. Yeah. Instead of like when I got my textbook out and went through yeah. oh, everything. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And made sure I knew everything. Yeah. Um, it really dials it down so that you don't fill your head with more information that than you, you need. need. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So a lot of. CBT, uh, a lot of um, um, RBT, um, what else am I thinking of? Some history on just general psychotherapy, front, like uh, Freudian psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, let me, let me um, think real quick about how they break up each theory. So, um, yeah, Rogerian, Freudian, Gestalt. Um, what I found very, very helpful and what I've kind of gone back to is the way they break down each theory. Okay, so how they do that? It's the title of, of the theory, and then underlying assumptions, and the view of, or, or how someone in that theory would view maladaptive behaviors okay. or diagnosis, which is really helpful because a lot of the questions are, from a gestalt therapy, how would you... Approach this case. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, oh, well, I already know like what their viewpoint is, so this is how they would mm-hmm. treat the case. Um, therapy goals for a particular... Um, uh, theory or model, which is again helpful yes. if you're if they're asking you to set up goals or treatment um, uh, uh, treatment stages, and then their core therapeutic techniques and breaking them down as mm-hmm. well. So if they are asking you about Gestalt and they um, and one of the options is about exploring their stories, it's like that's narrative mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with that. So that's the wrong answer, even though that might be appropriate. In this situation, but in that question, it's not what they were asking. It's not what for. they were asking. Yeah. So that's actually been one of the most helpful things mm-hmm. um, about this volume is how they break that up, because there are on all the simulations that I've taken, I want to say half, maybe a quarter of them, maybe three quarters of them. They pick the um, theory for you, mm-hmm. okay, and say based on this, how would you, how would you treat this? Um, and so having that down has been has been helpful and remembering wait a minute so really learning your lenses yeah it's a really mm-hmm. good uh, name for an episode <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah that's actually a good way to frame it okay. 
Um, get it? Lens frame? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, no, that is actually a good way of thinking about it because because they're so specific. And, and sometimes they ask you to break it down into stages and they give you no kind of feedback. But those, at least in my experience of taking the simulations, that's been the easy part. Okay. It's the hard part when they're like, you have this theory, how are you going to do it? And and there may be some wiggle room between their um, theories, but mm-hmm. you know. Well, especially if it's not one that you're you tend to work in. Yeah, I can't remember the last time that I that I really. Of course, we could probably make a case for when I used um, a Gestalt um, lens, mm-hmm. but consciously and being like, I'm gonna you know do this sitting chair thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know when the last time I've done that was yeah. you know. Um, and we did it probably so rarely in, in uh, graduate school that. Well, and and you could you could go through theories and learn a, a lot of information about theories in your prep for the exam. But learning how to view yeah. the case through the lens of this theory mm-hmm. is going to be the most helpful, right? And and being able to pass the exam, pass the exam, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so that's I, I yeah I would recommend maybe on that that point solely I would recommend um, this these study materials because that's been super helpful. Mm-hmm. What I will say one of the other important parts of this volume is the the informed consent and legal stuff, okay. and it's not fully the legal stuff, but it is everything within the informed consent, which I think especially in community mental health and even me like I I typed up my informed consent mm-hmm. and then I don't think about it anymore. You know, like I don't consciously think about why is, is, is this here, this here, or if the client asks, I tell them. But in terms of my limited, um, the limited population that I see, just kids, mm-hmm. I don't really think about how broad an informed consent could be. Sure. Um, so like one of, one example is kind of the case that I talked about before where you have an older mom and a, and her younger daughter, um, or her middle-aged daughter or whatever. We talked about it last episode, picking the client, who's the mm-hmm. client, and then how does the informed consent work around figuring out who that client is? Sure. And with confidentiality, yeah, throwing that into the mix too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's been um, that's been interesting too, especially, oh man, especially, and I'm just now getting the hang of it as I'm taking these practice tests, is um, the issue around confidentiality when it's couples or a family mm-hmm. so mom and dad come in with a child and um child discloses something when the parents aren't aren't present how does this how does this work um and of course it's easy if the child's like i'm gonna kill myself then it's like oh that's yeah. so easy but some of them aren't that um that apparent and so remembering how those things work and play out sure. that's it's been helpful kind of going through this particular volume to remember how that works. Just a nice refresher. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Even around another thing that, that that's come up is laws around um, adult abuse and like elder abuse. Sure. And so what I what I had forgotten for a long time was if um, like you can't report adult to adult um, like spousal abuse. Sure. Like you would for CPS or um, um, APS. You know, it's only if they're in. If they're being taken care yeah. of, like physically cared for by someone else, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so yeah, that 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 has not come up ever in my professional career, and I just forgot about it from mm-hmm. you know everything else. So that seemed like oh yeah, of course, why wouldn't you? Because APS is a thing, 
it's not for that um so yeah um remembering that and um learning when it's appropriate and how to how to invoke that um has been helpful especially around which these are i, I hate these questions because um, it's just so confusing uh legal and ethical which we, we'll get into that more next mm-hmm. week um in the, the last volume but as far as as they pertain to the informed consent what are the legal and ethical um, um, assumptions or considerations that you need to make for this case? Okay. Um, and that's been, those are harder questions. Yes. Because legal and ethical aren't always the same thing. No, they're not. <laughs> which, <laughs> is, which is frustrating and it really makes you um, think. Mm-hmm. So having um, knowledge of the informed consent, what all is in a standard informed consent, and, and who it applies to in the case has been helpful on more than one occasion so um so yeah that's that volume okay. in a nutshell okay um is there anything else that you think would be helpful to know to for our listeners to know i'm trying to think um, when when it was talking about um goal setting and contracting uh-huh yeah what was what did you find helpful in that um or what do they think you need to know for the exam like, I'm curious. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, let me think for a second. So, in terms of what I, what my immediate thought is, it's going back to those questions on theories, is okay. based on a Rogerian theory um, model. What would the goal be? What are the, the goals going to be? Okay. Um, that's been difficult okay. um, to learn. But in terms of, of goal setting and contracting, making sure the, the goals are appropriate, especially, usually the, those questions come... After you've, that's the next question, after you've gotten a diagnosis. Okay, what will your goals be for this client? Yes, and then it might be a couple questions later when you've gathered more information Mm -hmm. that say, okay, based on um, Rogerian um, lens, what are your treatment options going to be? Okay. how are you going to treat this case? Or what interventions are you going to use? So that's more overall goals right after you come up with a diagnosis. And then what is the course of treatment going to be like? You know, approximately how long will this work last? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you move into to yes. theoretical approaches mm-hmm. and more specific interventions. I think that's been the trend. Okay, yeah. it is definitely diagnosis in the first few, which questions. is the way therapy is sure. done. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I, I don't think a question on which isn't to say that it couldn't happen, but a question on using this model. What? Um, how are we going to set up? goals and treatment okay. before just an overarching question on, on treatment is asked. Okay. So, so yeah, so all in all, it's been a pretty good, um, it's been structured really well in terms of the, the flow of how therapy goes. Mm-hmm. Um, which of course, if you work in community mental health, some of those, some of those steps are taken away from you, not intentionally, but in terms of like we talked about picking clients, mm-hmm. um, insurance, having a conversation about, um, Heck, somebody else might have done the assessment. Yeah, 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 that too. Yeah, it's not even your diagnosis that you're working off of. Right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, oh man, which is a totally other issue of how do I treat this client if I don't think that that, that diagnosis mm-hmm. is right, which of course happens. Yeah, that's, that's like three time. episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's been really helpful to figure out, the, to, mm-hmm. to remember the flow of how these things Therapy work from goes. start to finish, mm-hmm. especially if you're coming right out of community mental health. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that's, I guess that makes the most sense and why you would take it before 
you would start at the beginning of your residency right, right. instead of maybe that's what they were thinking yeah mm-hmm. they were um, trying to come back although I've got to say there's something really helpful about going looking at this at the end of your residency and saying when you say oh I had to remember that this is what I was going to be doing like this is what this is the way therapy is supposed to go like you're going to kick yourself <laughs> for staying yeah. in community mental health for so long because <laughs> well, no, that's what I'm doing yeah but also also <laughs> Oh yeah, like I needed this in order to now have my license. Like there's something nice about having the opportunity to stop and regroup right before you're licensed. And I and I will say, I don't know that that and I and I do know I've I've, I've listened and I talked to other people when I was shopping around for which study materials I was gonna I was gonna take, and there was something kind of like gnawing in the back of my head of, you don't just want to be able to take this test and pass it. You want to be. I want to be. I want to. I want to be the clinician that I was outside of graduate mm-hmm. school, which you and I have talked about. That at least I don't think that I'm. I'm. Of course, I've niched down, so it's different. Yes. But even, but even still, I don't think mm-hmm. that um, I am as good of a clinician as I was fresh out of graduate school after or fresh, your community mental health experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really think that that it didn't grow you into. No, it a, did the opposite. A professional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that may be more because. Like we said, those pieces are taken away from us. Mm-hmm. So you're, you you can't you can't get into that flow, and you can't grow in all directions when all the pieces aren't in place. Sure, you know, and that may just be not an not an evil or malicious thing. That's just the way that these mm-hmm. systems are set up because that's what's easiest, and, and really that that was pretty easy. You know, if, if I have four clients that are all in different directions, and someone else has done one of the assessments for me. Thank you. Yeah, because I didn't process. know how I was going to get that, fit that in. Yeah, on the fly, by the way. Like yeah. you told me today, and I need to do it tomorrow. Because like, there's an emergency or there's a crisis, and he needs to. Or I just right have away. a full day's yeah. worth of clients to right. bring in. So, in that aspect, it, it, it is helpful. Um, but in terms of of growing, it's it, it may not be the best thing. So I I definitely think that, um, and you all know, our listeners know how invested I am in my own personal growth that if you are as well that this may be the best thing for you so that you don't just pass the exam and are just um, and, and just a clinician you know especially with if, if you had the experiences mm-hmm. that you and I that Heather and I have talked about in community mental health you want to be better than absolutely and so this is a good way to kind of as you're moving in, into your role as a licensed professional mm-hmm. that you're doing that with a review of everything that goes along with the yeah. that title. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. So that's volume two. Next week we're gonna go over volume three, which is on administration, consultation, and supervision. And then of course the test taking skills. Okay. Um, and we'll dive into that may be a, a, a the the test taking skills may be an, an episode on its own. But it's super important. Legal, mm-hmm. ethical, supervision, consultation, that has been another leap that I've had to sure. to, to dive into. Because a lot of that stuff was was done for me, or that I was just not in a place to be able to get case consultation and yeah. mental health. You know, it's just no, go do that. So that's for next week. <laughs> uh, if our listeners have any questions about anything that we talked about today or uh, this program from AATBS, let us know through contact at informedconsentpodcast.com and we'll get back to you as quick as you can. Uh, and if it's a good question, we may answer it on a future episode so that everyone can know. Because I'm sure you're not the only one that has questions, especially about this exam. <laughs> uh, 
So to our listeners, uh, thank you guys for stopping by and listening. We will talk to you guys again next week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.